Good morning, everybody. Good to have you along with us. Uh, This week, Canada announced it was uh, capping the number of study permits it approves over the next two years to get a handle on the uh, growing international student program. Immigration Minister Mark Miller announced the new limits on the uh, to the program on Monday, including a temporary cap that will reduce the number of new student visas by 35% this year. Immigration, Refugees and Citizenship Canada said there were more than 800,000 permit holders in the country in 2022, which is nearly a 31% increase over 2021. More than half of those students are in Ontario in 2022. A.J. Ray is with Western University's Department of Geography and Environment and is a community planner and geographer and joins us now. A.J., I appreciate the time today. Thanks for having me on, Devin. Good morning. This is a pretty big development. Uh, What does this uh, mean for Ontario? Well, really, this is a decade of decision-making, going right back to the original McGuinty government that is finally culminating into what I think is one of the drivers of the housing crisis here in Ontario, but also a crisis with how our institutions are funded. Um, For many years, there's been a push among the Ontario government to reduce how much uh, the province itself is paying for education and how much students are paying for their education, which um, can have both benefits and drawbacks. Uh, To put things in context for everyone in Ontario, uh, the government only spends 44% of what the next province does on actually funding higher education. So what happened was there was a real incentive among institutions to grow in size in order to pay for existing obligations and continue to pay for, um, you know, ongoing operations and expansions and contributing research and valuable teaching to Canada. And so one of the main areas of growth was through Uh, immigration and uh, through uh, international students. And so there was a real big push over the last couple of years, really, to use international students to fill the void of uh, really what is a theoretical maximum among uh, uh, domestic students. And so moving on from there, we now see this, uh, the federal government recognizing that uh, many international students, uh, not at universities or public colleges, but at these public and private colleges, um, has really ex- exponentially grown uh, over the last three years. And so there, there was really a recognition that that, uh, unfortunately, was an unsustainable situation for many of the host communities um, that are play host to these campuses. Based on kind of the levels you, you gave there with the context, feels like this is going to be very difficult to, to sort out uh, provincially here. Yes, I, I mean, it's going to be a real challenge for the province because really the province has depended upon these students to meet the funding gaps that, that exist in the higher education sector. Now, from everything that's been shared by the federal government, so it's important to remember that uh, of the cap, Uh, It is weighted by population, so Ontario will still receive the majority of those 360,000 permits next year. Um, And then on top of that, the federal government has also announced that those permits that are issued, if it is to a student that is going to attend one of these public-private partnership colleges, they're not then going to be issued a postgraduate work permit. So that's gonna be a real disincentive for any of those students to go to some of the really concerning colleges that 
um, have exponentially grown over the last couple of years. And so I don't really see it hurting the universities as much or the colleges as much, um, but it's definitely going to hurt, um, you know, those uh, public-private partner colleges a lot more. The uh, Council of Ontario Universities was saying the cap unfairly punishes responsible institutions alongside the bad actors. Uh, would you agree with that then? Uh, I don't really see it that way unless the province itself is going to somehow save these uh, public-private colleges uh, by turning them into more recognized uh, entities that perhaps may qualify for these types of permits. Really, I think the federal government has forced the province's hand in saying that, you know, these uh, public-private colleges where, you know, you have publicly assisted colleges that are partnering with for-profit entities and opening massive campuses in uh, Toronto and um, the GTA, even though they're colleges that are based up, uh, for example, Northern is one of the largest ones. They're their um, purpose is to serve Northern Ontario, and yet they have a massive 7,500 student campus in the centre of Toronto. That's the problem, and that's uh, where the federal government has stepped in to try and disincentivize students. Um, certainly, you know, Ontario could still allocate permits to those institutions, but um, if you're a student that's applying, uh, you don't really see the benefit of coming to do that diploma in comparison to getting a diploma at the home campus of a public college. So I think naturally there's enough of a, an incentive to go away from those entities. Um, and I think, you know, there's only 41,000 uh, university, uh, international university students right now in the province. And so uh, in the context of the cap, I don't really think that's going to be overly affected. You mentioned, you know, there's obviously a housing element to, to all of this. What role do municipal governments play in this in terms of, of housing and sometimes restricting where in a city students can live? Absolutely. So really, I've done some research uh, along with a colleague at INRS Quebec, Dr. Nick Revington. Uh, last year, we looked at all the official plans and zoning bylaws in the province uh, of those cities that host a primary university campus. And what we found is really over the last couple of decades, municipalities have been explicitly restricting development surrounding university and college campuses. And so this is kind of now culminating into a perfect storm of we had massive immigration pressure, but also weren't allowing housing to be built in the first place. And so we had this massive deficit of units in comparison to institutional growth. And the other problem in Ontario is the Planning Act does not require municipalities when they're doing their population growth projections to account for the growth in their local institutions, which does drive housing demand. And so many municipalities actually don't even account for the fact that there might be another 40 to 60,000 additional students and people that are coming in on temporary visas uh, and in living, you know, within their host community for eight months or a full year, uh, over four years. And so that's where, um, you know, there could be an additional change. And, and what happened is municipalities really got behind. And I think this is meant for them to maybe catch up to the realities of their local host institutions. But um, that's going to require as well, you know, getting access to some of that housing accelerator funding, um, and really focusing on targeting growth to the areas that are local to the campus. 
Uh, we will follow uh, this with interest. AJ, certainly appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Have a great morning. That's AJ Ray from Western University's Department of Geography and Environment. We need to pause. When we return, we'll have more of The Morning Show with Devin Peacock on 980 CFPL.